Hello, welcome to Raising Eco Minimalists, a podcast that acts as a community and a resource guide for anyone raising kids who care about their mind, body, community, and planet. I'm Laura, your host. I'm mom to a six year old son, and half the time, I feel like I have no idea what I'm doing. Sometimes I feel super lost and alone, and that's where this podcast comes in. Well, thank you so much for being here. Let's dive in. Hello. Happy 2023. It has been a while, but the Raising Eco Minimalist podcast season three has officially begun. Yes, that's right. We're back. We're got, we've got new episodes on the docket and it's going to be a great season. As always, thanks for being here. So as I mentioned, it's been a while since I've released a new episode, and as you may recall, if you have been listening or following me on Instagram, you'll know that in fall of 2021, my family and I embarked on a huge life change. We downsized by half, sold our house, packed half of our stuff the remaining stuff in storage and moved five hours away to a small town where we knew absolutely no one. And since then, we have moved, gosh, I think three times and have begun to explore our area, establish some roots, build community. And I feel like I'm finally at a point over a little over a year later that I am ready to share our story and how it's been going, the process, all of that fun stuff. So I'm going to be doing a two-part series episode, whatever you want to call it. The first one is the one you're listening to right now, and that's just going to give a background on our move, our downsize, everything that went along with what we've been up to to get to this point. And then the part two episode will be released next week. And that's going to be more about after the move. So how we have started establishing new roots, putting ourselves out there, building community, learning the nuances of living in a small town, which is something my husband and I, neither of us, have done before, and just learning how to set new boundaries and all of that fun stuff, all in the name of (laughs) eco-minimalism. Because to be honest, part of the reason for our move was to go somewhere that we could slow down and embrace the eco-minimalism lifestyle, I guess you want to call it, that we had been building already when we lived in the city. So before we jump in quick, I just wanted to share that uh, I am interested and hearing about any potential topics you may have that you want to hear on the podcast this season. It's going to be a good one. I'm going to be sharing my minimalism and zero waste origin story, how my dealings with anxiety and depression went into that, 
me starting both of those journeys, how I came to realize that they're connected in so many ways and why I've now moved towards the term eco-minimalism or sustainable minimalism. And we are also going to be talking about, I've got a couple of guests already lined up for, we're going to talk about sustainability and having a large family. And we're also going to talk about what it's like to have to shift your values towards something that well, it's not your values or something that you didn't think you'd have to compromise on when it comes to having a family in the sustainability journey. So it's going to be, again, like I said, a great season. I've got more ideas lined up. I'm just waiting to get some guests confirmed. And But again, I'd love to hear from you as to what you want to hear. Is there a topic? Is there a person you want me to interview? So feel free to reach out. You can email me at laura at raisingecominimalists.com. Nope, that's my website. (laughs) Laura at, oh, that is right. Yeah. Okay. That was right. Yeah, a little rusty as you can see, but you know what? We're here. We're here. So (laughs) that's what's important. So yeah, email me. You can also send me a message on Instagram. Both of those things, the email address and the link to Instagram are in the show notes. All right. So we're going to go back to summer of 2021. We're a little over a year into the pandemic, which doesn't seem like that long now, but at the time it felt like it had been a really, really long time. And my husband was contacted about a potential job opening in this northern Minnesota town. And it happened to be one that we had been to many times. We really love this area. It's very close to the Boundary Waters. It's right on Lake Superior. And we've been vacationing there for over 10 years together. And so it wasn't something that... It wasn't a brand new location per se. We just would only go up there as tourists. So we talked about it and we were really happy with the area that we were in. We were just south of Minneapolis and loved our community, loved our neighborhood, loved our house. And so we really weren't looking to move, but opportunities like the one that appeared for my husband and then us, the family, don't come around that often. So we were like, you know what, just, you know, go in for an interview, see what, see what's up, see what it is. We don't have to make any decisions right now. Well, fast forward to September, my son starting kindergarten and we, my husband had gone through a number of interviews and it seemed very likely that he was a serious contender in the job. And I don't remember the exact timeline of when the job was offered, but regardless, at the end of September, we knew he had gotten the job. So we then had to make this decision. Do we uproot our lives and 
go somewhere that we don't know anybody. Luckily, it was still in our same state, so we had that familiarity, but we would have my son have to start a new school. Like, I would be working completely remotely, five hours away from my office, and my husband would be starting a brand new job in a brand new community. So it was a it was a scary thing. I think that it was a lot of gut feeling that told us this was the time. We had been not, like I said, we were really happy with where we were, but this probably could have been part of the pandemic. But also we just felt like we were kind of stale, I guess is the best way to describe it in our community, as in there wasn't a lot of place for growth. And we knew that this move would allow us to be able to grow in a direction that we wanted to according to our values. We also knew that it would provide us access to outdoors and a slower pace of living. And that was something that was really attractive to us. We have been practicing the sustainable minimalism journey for a long, you know, a number of years. And again, it was just kind of, there was only so many things that we could do where until we hit a point where there were just more things that we couldn't control at that time. You know, living in the city, it's, it's a faster pace. There's a lot of stimulation. We lived right by the, very close to the airport. So we had planes flying all over us all hours of the day and just stuff like that just typical city stuff um so yeah it was I mean it was a it was a really hard decision and I certainly am a a creature of habit the anxiety that I deal with does not like change like I think most people and anxieties don't like we are also just coming off the again the a year and a half into the pandemic and our home was our grounding spot it was our safe zone we had our we lived right by a nature park nature center and so that had really become kind of my my calming safe spot i had done a ton of work on my garden and that was also another safe spot that i had gone to so many times when I was feeling overwhelmed or stressed or what have you. And of course, our community, not only the community that we had been getting involved in, in terms of like committees that we were on or volunteer work, but also our neighbors who were amazing and the friends that we had made and our kids, my, my son's friends. It was a huge thing to, a huge fear of mine to leave that behind. So, as I, you obviously know, we did decide to move. And it's, I, I don't know exactly when the, the decision was made or what that conversation was. I, I don't remember that part. But I think there was always a part of me, my gut, that I knew that that this was going to happen. And I very much like to seek outside validation. 
something that I am working with my therapist on, but um, at the time I just, you know, we would tell people that we were thinking of moving and when we told people where it was, everybody just got this like kind of aha look on their face and they would do this little smile and like, wow, I can really actually see you guys there. And my therapist was like, I think it's a great idea. Think of how much less stimulation you're going to have for your mental health. And yeah, everyone just, it seemed like it felt really good to them. And, and so that was a really interesting component in our decision making. Not that we made the decision based on people's responses, but it was just interesting to hear that everybody was like, oh yeah, like that seems like a really natural fit for you guys. So again, here we are now, we've made this big decision. And so now the the logistics have to happen. So I think it was mid-October and when we had a move date and we had to downsize because we were moving up into a very small rental unit, which we were grateful to have because housing is pretty limited up here. But it was about a fourth the size of our house. And so, and we also didn't want to, honestly didn't want to pay for a massive moving truck to move a bunch of stuff up. So like I said, I honestly am not exaggerating when we said we downsized by half. And most of it was we would sell on Facebook Marketplace, some of the bigger items, and then otherwise we just had like a four-day yard sale, free sale. I would post on our Buy Nothing group, our local Buy, Sell, Trade Facebook pages, and just had a bunch of tarps out there, waited till there was like a stretch of three or four days where it wasn't supposed to rain, and just kept adding stuff to the pile. We did have to order one of those dump bags what have you um so but we did try as hard as possible to give away stuff to people that actually wanted to use it so I did get a couple questions about how we downsized by half and so I'm planning to do an episode on that in terms of how we did that with our son and then I'll probably do a more general downsizing post on the reduce reuse renew blog so look for those in the future but I'm not gonna dive into the how-to's on that here so yep so we downsized like I said and then half of that what was left we put in storage which was $350 a month so when we talk about having excess stuff being expensive (laughs) That was it, but it was stuff that we just didn't want to get rid of, obviously. And so it was a November, mid-November day, and we drove away from the house, and that was really hard, because again, I loved that house. I loved my garden. It was hard to leave, hard to leave our neighbors, and I still am not able to drive by the house yet, because we do go back. So the cities are all of our family and friends are there, of course, and but I have not been able to because it's still it's still really hard. I do miss it a lot, and but yeah, we moved up and then 
moved into this very, very, very small rental where our dining room, dining room table, my work office and desk, and our living room couch and TV watching area were all the same place. We have three cats and they all made the move. And so it was a lot of adjustment. And then it was, so it was like I said, mid-November. So then, you know, a f- I don't know, I think it was like a week and a half went by and we went back for Thanksgiving. And then it was December and we went back for Christmas and the winter holidays and we stayed for an extended period of time. So once it hit January, my son, you know, he was still struggling. I'm, you know, I'm not going to lie. I mean, the school was great. We had toured it beforehand and we were in close contact with his teacher and stuff. And he, he seemed to be doing fine, but it was, it's hard. It's really hard. Not only was he starting kindergarten, but then all of a sudden he was (laughs) being taken out of his first school and, and put into a second school. And I had a lot of guilt about that. I really did. I, it was one of those things that I, I truly lost sleep over. I felt so bad and yeah, it was, it was hard. And we, we were concerned because in the cities, the school, so when I say cities, that's a Minneapolis, St. Paul combined the twin cities. That's kind of what (laughs) Minnesotans call that area. So when I say cities, I mean the Minneapolis, St. Paul area, which is where we moved from. And so the his school in in the cities just south of Minneapolis was it was very you know very fast paced. They had everything down to the minute scheduled. He had I think fifteen minutes for lunch, which was at ten thirty in the morning, and he had twenty minutes for recess, and that was it. And then gym was every three days, and he would come home, and he was just wired. And it took a long time for him to calm down. But he was doing well. He was doing well in school. He seemed to really enjoy it. And so we were concerned about coming up to a smaller town and having a more slow-paced school. We were concerned he was going to be bored. We were concerned. You know, we had all these concerns. And again, I was carrying this massive amount of guilt over it. And... uh so we're in mid, we're at the beginning of January now, and he had only had 10 days of school just with all the days off for the holidays and, and, and such. So it was hard to really get a grasp of like how well he was actually doing. But then, so he had his first full week of school, first week of January since we moved. <laughs> and then the entire like kindergarten, first grade classes in his school all got covid so then we were distance learning for two weeks, and in that time, we had sold our house, and so we were supposed to take a week, that weekend in January, after my son tested positive, to go down and just finish up taking the few items we had left in our home, and you know getting a few things cleaned up and such. Well, then he tested positive for COVID, so I stayed up, up north with him in our, our new place, my husband had to go by himself and <laughs> finish up the house. You know, I had no chance. I don't think I, with a, a six-year-old at the time who had COVID, being the sole parent for, you know, three or four days. And so I got COVID then. So then we're distance learning. I'm dealing with COVID. Husband's gone. 
It was so stressful. It was such a stressful time. And January, in general, I feel like is a hard month. But we, you know, got through it, closed down the house, recovered from COVID. My son finally went and had a, a normal week at school. And it turns out that at the school here, they have gym every day. They go outside at least three times a day unless it's, I think the wind chill has to be below negative 20. So yeah, they're out in the, you know, in cold weather. They're out, but they're outside a lot. They get a lot of, (laughs) they get a lot of wiggle, wiggle, wiggle time. And it's not necessarily, I would say a slower pace academic wise, but they just, they just give the kids more time. And we have found that that has actually been incredibly beneficial for our son and our worries about having him be bored or et cetera have not come to fruition. It's been a really good fit. He's really connected with some of the kids. It's a smaller class size, which helps. So overall, that has been really positive and we are grateful for that. All right, so we're still in our rental unit. And again, as I mentioned, housing is tough up here. And so we were kind of looking, but there for a couple months, there was literally nothing on the market. And so we were just sitting, waiting, and the realtor that we had hired contacted us in February and said that she had one of her friends was planning on putting his house on the market. It hadn't reached the market yet. And if we wanted to take a look. So fast forward that and we ended up closing on this house in, gosh, end of April. But we decided to keep the rental through the end of May so that we would slowly have time to transition over which we did. So we didn't end up moving out of the rental and into our home until end of May. So that was another time that we moved. (laughs) And then we, the rest of our stuff from the storage locker in the Twin Cities in June. So that was another time that we moved. So my gosh, we are so tired of moving and I never want to (laughs) move. never want to move in my life. It was a lot of work and so it really wasn't so that you know then we had they were unpacking multiple times and then summer it's very busy up here I think like a lot of places <laughs> probably gets busier in the summer and so long story short it it didn't really things didn't really settle until fall and Son started first grade. That's going well. I actually started, I left my job of, I forgot to mention this, in May. I uh, I left my job of, it's non-consecutively, I worked there almost 17 years. And I started a brand new job, not at all in my field, not at all related to the job I was doing before. But it, it's involving writing. And I took on a few freelance clients which I write for um, a couple different, a few different content creators. And yeah, so I became a writer, which is 
crazy to think about because I never thought that that would be my journey. But, you know, we, uh, I'll save my, my, what I was just going to say till the end. But so yeah, we had that change too. Oh, so we're in fall of 2022 at this point and we're finally feeling like we're settled and things just really start to slow down, which is great. I'm not complaining about that. But then came the processing because I realized kind of similar to the pandemic, I hadn't really processed a lot of those things until much later. And so that starting in the fall and now continuing forward, even in now mid-February, well, almost now, first week of February at the time that this is airing, I am really just still processing a lot of what we went through in this past year. And that's been challenging because... I'm starting, you know, one of the big things I think that I'm I'm processing is the loss of the community, my community, my friends, my family, my volunteer work, all the organizations I was involved with. I spent a lot of time building that up. And that's not easy for me in terms of that I am pretty introverted. And those initial stages, that initial time period that you need to build relationships and such is something that is not my favorite thing in the world. So now that we're starting all that over, it's it's hard. It's been hard. That's something that I'm I have been struggling with and just feeling really lonely, not only in the fact of what I just mentioned, but also because it's, you know, the middle of winter. And I work from home, which I enjoy, but I don't see a lot of people other than my family. And so it's been really just since the new year, a very conscious effort that I've had to reach out to some of some people that are in the community that I've met to get together for things other than the organization that we're both involved with or, or what have you. Something I, like I mentioned at the very beginning, I'll touch on is this: the nuances of a small town, and one of those things is that like your friend can also be on this committee with you, who can also be like your dentist, kind of thing. And it's weird to have to separate those roles out, but people are pretty good about doing it up here. So again, I'll I'll touch on that in part two as one of the nuances that I'm learning. But anyway. So yeah, well, the the processing has been hard, and you know I think we all process it differently. But I seem to be, I seem to be, I don't know, not processing the most. But I don't know, it's just hitting me hard this winter, and so that's that's been a challenge. It really has. But I know that growth of relationships and community takes time. And so I do, I I do fully know that I'll get there up here. And while also acknowledging the, the feelings that I'm experiencing as to what I left. So yeah, I mean, that's kind of the story. Like (laughs) my husband's job is going well. He's enjoying it, which is good. 
we're ex- enjoying exploring a new area. We absolutely feel like we are in a slower pace. It's easier just to be, but I'm also noticing that some of the habits like from the pandemic, such as disassociating with games on my phone, have really was something that I really relied on during that time. And now when it's the dead of winter and it, you know, it's thankfully it's getting lighter. We're getting more daylight now, but when it was getting dark at 4.15 at night, you know, I try to practice all the huga such with candles and and the cozy blankets and the tea and and all that coziness which is great but we had a lot more downtime and that's not something that we've really experienced before and I, I noticed how much we really relied on the accessibility of being able to be busy in the cities where we don't have that up here. And so it's been a conscious effort this winter to find hobbies <laughs> that aren't gardening because I can't garden and be okay with just sitting in those uncomfortable thoughts, which is hard, of course, I think for everybody. But it's all good. I mean, I think it's all, these things are all good for our growth. And that's one of the reasons we moved up here was to grow and change is hard. It can be painful, but we really felt that it was the right time for us to have this change and that we have made the right decision. My son is really happy up here. He is doing great. So yeah, I mean, it it's all good, but it is still hard. And I think as we can, as I continue to process some of the things that we've gone through, it'll just, it'll just be even better. And I'll, I'll be able to take what I've learned from this growth and these painful experiences and take that forward with me. So that is really the story in a nutshell. And If you're still listening, thank you for listening to the story. I'll be talking more about the eco-minimalism side and part two. And so that will come out next week. And if you have any questions in the meantime, feel free to reach out and maybe I'll answer them on the next episode. And yeah, so the last part, which I started and then I said I'd come back to was that, you know, when you take risks, sometimes it really ends up paying off. And I never thought in that summer or early fall of 2021 that we would be where we are right now in a new place, building a new community, living on Lake Superior, right next to the Boundary Waters, Me being a writer, which is still weird to say, but that's how I make income. And so (laughs) I guess I'm a writer. I mean, this is what I wanted to do, you know, way back even pre-pandemic when I started the blog. Like eventually I wanted to write and I wanted to work from home and I wanted to have clients and be my own boss, essentially. And this is it. This This is what I have. And so 
it's just, it's still really weird to think about though. But sometimes those huge, scary, terrifying risks that we make, like downsizing by half and uprooting your life to move to somewhere where you know nobody in a small town when you've never lived in a small town can can pay off. So that's kind of what we've learned and I, you know, I have no idea where we'll be in the next five years, but that's okay. I, I'm content with sitting where we are right now, which is very eco-minimalist of me. <laughs> All right. Well, again, thank you so much for listening. I'd love to hear what you thought of this episode. If you like episodes like this, any feedback, comments, questions you have. And again, if you have any ideas that you want me to cover, research, people to interview, please reach out. And stay tuned for part two next week. Until then, always remember that in order to live sustainably, it has to be sustainable for you. Have a great week. Bye. I really hope you enjoyed that episode of Raising Eco Minimalists. As always, if you enjoyed this episode and you enjoy the show, please consider leaving a review and a rating on Apple and Spotify. You can find out how to do so in the show notes. Additionally, if you want to reach out to me with questions, comments, reflections on the episode, you're always welcome to do so via my email or any of my social media platforms also linked within the show notes. Finally, Please remember that in order to live sustainably, it has to be sustainable for you. Thanks. Bye.